can't escape its consequences even if we deny it. For me, I think it's a matter of Christian maturity. In this moment, I really don't care. I'm just going to do it anyway. Ultimately, it comes down to how you define rebellion. He was fully self-deceived, is what I mean. Welcome to another episode of Table Talk. We have a truth nugget for you today, and we're going to be discussing a question. And the question is one that popped up, if you guys remember, in our Rapid Fire 12 Questions in 12 Minutes episode, which was a few episodes back now. But we have finally circled around to come back and deal with one of the thoughts that got uh, dropped in that particular conversation by Dave. So the question is this. Is it possible to love God in your heart and yet still rebel against him? Seems like a pretty black and white question. Yeah, but there's no black and white answers, is there? (laughs) (laughs) If there was, we wouldn't have very long podcasts. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to start off the conversation by saying that my answer to my own question is yes, it is possible to love God and yet still fail. Obviously, we want to qualify what that means, but that's my answer. Does anyone want to differ? Well, it all depends on how you do rebellion. You said failure. But I would say rebellion is far different, so I would say no. Okay. So how would you define rebellion? Well, I've got the definition here. (laughs) Of course Um, you do. To take part in a rebellion, renounce a former allegiance. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're getting rid of your former allegiance in this context of God, you're not really going to be loving God anymore, are you? Okay. Mm -hmm. When I think about this, I think of the story of Cain, for instance. But then another definition of the word rebel is to protest or resist. So in that regard, sometimes we might not understand what God uh, wants for us or what he has said. It just doesn't make sense. We're like, but what's going on, God? Mm. You're not making sense. We resist until it makes sense. I'm not going to do that. As you're describing that, I remember very, very clearly, this is a, a few years back now, but I remember laying in bed in the dark, talking to my wife, talking to Sarah, and I remember saying, you know, I know that God knows what's best, but right now I really disagree with what he thinks the best is. This is, you know, (laughs) he should not be doing this. And I remember arguing, no, yeah, 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 I guess I was arguing with God. I was really genuinely believing that God was on the wrong track, even though I knew he couldn't be. I was fully <laughs> I was fully opposing him. And I think that, for me anyway, just to weigh in on the, the overall question, for me, I think it's a matter of Christian maturity. When we first come to Christ, it is backwards-forwards. Yes, we've made that decision, but I prefer the word failure because I think that's more what the picture yeah. is like. So, as an example, I have a son, right? And Seth is always doing things wrong. As a matter of fact, today <laughs> I... You boys are looking at my Bible, right? See these scrunched pages? Yes. Uh, There's actually one that's got a corner missing that has been reattached with sticky tape because he found it and just started ripping it to pieces. And he didn't know. I wasn't there. Sarah caught him when he was doing it. And she roused at him immediately, but he had already stopped and he had no idea. Like, why why am I in trouble? You know, I've got no... And not that I'm saying it's exactly like that, because I think we do make choices sometimes. We do make choices to, I I give up, I'm going to do that whatever it was that I wanted to do, I'm going to run away from God. But the thing is, even though we do that, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're severing ties with God. Whereas if you take rebellion, like you were saying, Ben, where we're consciously saying, no, I'm getting rid of God 
completely and I'm putting myself on the other side. That doesn't mean that God's not pursuing them anymore, but it is a different thing than mm. them choosing in the heat of the moment to do X, Y, Z that God asked them not to do. Yeah. So ultimately it comes down to how you define rebellion. So can I ask a question? Because I want to make this a little more black and white if possible. Are we saying that cherished sin is okay? No. Of course not. Sin is not okay, ever. <laughs> but it is a fact of life. Mm -hmm. And so the question is dealing not necessarily whether it's right or wrong to sin, but it's dealing with our relational dynamic within the sinful existence, if that makes sense. So really, if we, if we brought it way down to it, what we're really talking about is the experience of Romans 6. Seven? Seven, sorry. Um, the experience of Romans 7. So there's that as we approach Christian maturity, there is the, the back and forth experience that we have. The things that we know we shouldn't do, we do, but the things that we wish we would, we don't. Mm -hmm. So like, for instance, we all have a significant other. We all love our significant other. Have you hurt your significant other? Yes, absolutely. Okay, there's at least a nod from everyone, even if they didn't say yes. Mm -hmm. We all hurt people that we love. Does that mean that we don't love them when we hurt them? Yeah. Even if we did intentionally hurt them, does that mean that we don't love them? Yeah. No, I think it means that we weren't in that moment in love with them. Yeah. We weren't actively expressing our love for them by doing what is good and right and best in the relationship. And that's, I think, what, what I think of when I think of this question. Is it possible for me to actually love God and yet to be like, in that moment, I come first? And I'm, I don't really care. I know it's wrong. In this moment, I really don't care. I'm just going to do it anyway. You're smiling. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that everyone else is relating to me on this because otherwise I'm the only sinner in the room. <laughs> but no, we all go through that moment of we recognize it's wrong. We recognize it's going to hurt God and us. But in that moment, because we're not in love, we're not relationally experiencing that love. We just choose to, to do it, to go there, to, to whatever anyway. That doesn't mean that we don't anymore love God because probably the next moment we're going to be in tears repenting yeah. because we do love God. But like you said before, Nato, and I think you hit it on the head, sometimes we just don't know. Mm. Jesus was on the cross and he prayed to the Father that, that God would forgive those people that were murdering him. Why? He says, because they don't understand. They don't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's God's attitude toward us. And so he knows that in our hearts... Sometimes, in the midst of rebellion, that we still love Him. Yeah. And isn't it powerful that we can serve a God who can look upon us in our mischief, in our failure, in our rebellion, whatever the word is, we're defining it, so whatever word we use, we know what we're talking about. That He can look at us in that state and He can just see through all of that and say, yeah, they're still a loving child of mine. Yeah. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's just beautiful. Yeah, And I think that also boils down to the fact that He can see our potential in Christ. Yeah, and our motives. So why do we do it? I can think of several examples in Scripture of what I consider to be this very thing. Adam and Eve being the first. Abraham and Sarah being another obvious one with the Ishmael event. David, several times. <laughs> Peter, even more times. <laughs> the James and John incident when they wanted to call fire down on yeah. Jesus' opposition. <laughs> you know, these were people that loved God, weren't they? Yeah. Particularly our first parents, Adam and Eve. They knew nothing other than love for God. Mm. And yet they rebelled against Him. Mm. But did they love Him? Mm. Oh, absolutely. Mm. And as soon as they realized what they had done, they felt shame. Mm. And they mm. felt nakedness. And they felt 
pain. That, that one of, of Peter relates to what I was thinking when you asked why. Sometimes it is because you're hurting. Now, Peter, when he denied Christ, was he hurting? Oh, yeah. Mm. His worldview had been tipped on its yeah. head. Mm. So he was in a complete state of confusion. He denied Christ. That, yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty much rebellion, yeah? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, even using Ben's definition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, he loved Jesus. Yeah, which was part of just, the reason why. He just did not know what was going on. It's like, I'm going to go back to my default mode mm. before any of this happened, which was fishermen swearing like a sailor. Mm. Yeah, as soon as he recognized, as soon as the light bulb went on, as soon as, as to use Jesus' words, he knew what he was doing. What did he do? He was on his knees praying. Mm. He repented. That's, yeah. that's the big thing. Thinking yeah. mm. along this sort of thing, um, one of the strongest verses against rebellion can be found in First Samuel 15. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as an iniquity and idolatry. And the second half is, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. He hath also rejected thee from being king. So this is about King Saul. But the difference being here is Saul didn't repent. Yeah. He went further into his sin. And by the way, in doing so, he got himself to the place where he was doing the wrong thing. And in his mind, he was doing the right thing. He was fully self-deceived is what I mean. In doing the sacrifice in place of Samuel, because Samuel wasn't there. He's like, well, I had to do the right thing, you know. And so he did the right thing, even though it was obviously the wrong thing. Yeah. yeah, I think the um, common denominator with all of the examples we've been talking about is that they each had a narrative in their mind that was skewed and therefore it, it seemed in the moment okay. Like you just said, it yeah. seemed right to do whatever it was. Um, and I think even for Adam and Eve, you know, they knew it was wrong. They knew it was wrong cognitively but it seemed right to them because they had been deceived. Um, Abraham and Sarah, it seemed like the right thing to do, even though they'd been told it wasn't mm. because they'd been deceived. All the way through Scripture, every one of these examples, it's, it's the same key ingredient, mm. is deception. We build a, a completely different narrative in our head, and in that moment, it just takes us away from the possibility of a mutual intimacy with God versus the, the cognitive it's there in my mind, in my heart, somewhere, but not in my experience. Yeah. I guess the big difference between those who came back to God and those who didn't was once truth finally got through to them, those who returned to the path are the ones who said, yes, God, I did wrong, and they came to repentance. Those who didn't, that's hardened their hearts and went further. Mm. We often call this the unforgivable sin, also known as grieving the Holy Spirit, because without the Holy Spirit, we can't know right from wrong. And that's when we truly take in full rebellion, because we completely um, attempt to separate ourselves from God. Jesus said, you will know the truth. And truth will set you set free. free. It's the answer in my mind. Yeah, we have to accept truth. Truth is truth, no matter which way we put at it. We can't escape its consequences even if we deny it, can we? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that uh, provides a good answer for our question tonight. Uh, can I just say before we close, though? Yeah. Um, let's make it a little bit personal. Let's say to the people listening, you probably can relate to this if you're a human. Mm. I think we all relate to this question. When we do experience this, it's really important to remember that we have been deceived mm. and that we should not, be, because of that deception, stop 
looking mm. back to Jesus. No, and not only have we been deceived, we have already, past tense, been forgiven. Amen. Amen. Mm. And so we can always return our gaze to the cross of Christ. Never, ever, ever mm. have we gone too far to turn mm. our eyes to, to, to back to the cross. Yeah, and the so, unforgivable sin, the one that we don't repent of. Yeah. Mm. So let's remember as we continue to journey in this life where sin is a reality, that we will fail, we will mess up, and when we do, we have, like you said, forgiveness. Mm. Mm. Amen to mm. that. Mm. So what, what should we do if we do mess up? Come to the Lord and repent. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Just like in the parable of the the lost son, He's waiting to embrace us. So why don't we just embrace? I mean, just thinking back through all those stories, I mean, going back to David and Saul, the difference between the two. David was, he committed such evil in his life and yet he was a man after God's own heart because of his repentance and he always brought himself back to God. Um, well, sorry, God brought him back. Yeah. <laughs> but he accepted God, the pardon, whereas Saul, the kingship was taken away from him because he hardened his heart. He tore himself away. He didn't come to repentance. He did not accept that truth. Mm. And we're in the same boat. We've got to spend time with God and know that we, we haven't strayed too far, that God is always mm. there. He's already, like you said, he's always, he already forgiven us. We've just got to go back to him. Mm. Yeah. What he's just saying about the, um, the prodigal son, when he was in that far country, did he realize that he had love for his father? No. no. At, at no. some point. At, the, at, at the, some t- point. At that time when he was out partying, whatever, oh, yeah, no. spending his inheritance, he didn't realize it. No. But was it there? Yes. Yeah. Because when he got down to his lowest, when he had nothing, he, he goes, it. ah. Yeah. Hmm. That's not the end of the story. When he did go back to his father, his father embraced him, took him back as a son. But then what happened to the brother? That brother who had not gone astray, who'd been doing all the right things. Mm. But was there that love in that heart of the brother? No, he went astray without leaving. Mm. So the inverse is true. We could be doing all the right things, but not loving God. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Mm. So we need to... Have that love and strive to also stay with him. Actually, that's a really good parable. Just one final point for me as well. Just while I was staying before, the son, when he returned, he thought he'd strayed so far from his father that um, he'd end up as a servant, didn't he? Yeah. And, and like, he was happy to be one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His servant was treated well, but like you said, he got treated as a son. So going back to that point, we can't stray too far. The Father in this parable is um, our Heavenly Father and He'll always take us back and accept us as sons and daughters. Hmm. He happens to be omnipresent. Mm. You know, like David in Psalm 139 where he's like, I can't I can't go low enough, I can't go high enough. You just yeah, Wherever you're just, I go, you're there. You're there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, th- I think he said it in a, in a more positive way than that. But. Yeah, but no, but my <laughs> yeah. point is, you know, wherever we go, God yeah. is there. But, but yeah. yeah, like you say, in a positive way, he's there ready to embrace us. Mm-hmm. No matter how far we're trying to run away, yeah. <laughs> he's pretty fast. Well, thank you for exploring that with us. Uh, We hope you enjoyed it. Please, by all means, share it with your friends. And uh, if you have any questions for us, by all means, jump on our website, oztabletalk.com.au. Have a look at our Facebook page also. Uh, You can search for us, uh, Oztabletalk, on Facebook. And if you have any questions, let us know. All of the above. Looking forward to hearing from you and looking forward to catching you guys next time. Bye. Bye.